Welcome. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this, this morning? Is everybody good? It's a good time this morning in worship. Uh, I have the privilege of introducing a, a friend. Um, I was in ministry for about 20 years before I realized that you could actually be friends with other ministers and not be scared of them. <laughs> They're going to steal my sheep. Turns out they weren't my sheep in the first place, so I had nothing to worry about. There you go. <laughs> But uh, Tom and Michelle Borsick, we've known them for years. Um, they're originally from California, but they had an exodus because the Lord told them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As for all the Southern uh, Republicans, I guess, and any of the Democrats, I'm sorry. Um, Tom and Michelle are amazing. They have uh, five kids, uh, some of them grown, some of them not so much. And uh, it's been an incredible journey with them over the years, just watching not just their ministry, but watching their family. And that's the thing we love about the people we relate to and connect with. We don't invite people in to speak at our church because they're a great speaker, although he is. Um, we invite people into our church because we know them, and we know what God has done in them, is doing in them. They serve as elders in their own church, so they know the type of ministry. They're not just going from conference to conference, you know, and never having real life issues in church world. So that's one of the things we love about these guys. The other thing is just the genuine uh, authentic relationship and authentic people that they are. Uh, they love God. They love God's people. They love us, and they come here, and they always do this. They come and pray, speak into our leadership team, speak into us, Karen and I personally, and just anytime, anytime they come and when they leave, Karen and I are refreshed, and our church is refreshed. So um, just let's open up with just a moment of prayer and trust the Lord for his voice through Tom um, that he would speak into our life. So let's just do that. Lord, we say thank you for Tom and Michelle Borsick. God, thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for their, their anointing, the ministry that they have. Lord, thank you that it's, they have such a passion to see your kingdom come on earth, even as it is in heaven. And so, Jesus, we just release them this morning to do what they do, uh, to do what you've called them to do, to bless us, to challenge us, to pour into us, Lord, and ultimately to glorify you. And for that, Jesus, we say we love you, and we say thank you for these guys in your name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks so much. It really is a privilege to be here with you guys. Uh, we love opportunities to come down to Dothan. I feel like Dothan is a famous place. It's in the Bible, Dothan. I shared that last time. But uh, honestly, it's, uh, we really enjoy coming down here. Great group of people. Uh, we have fun with the leadership, and we have opportunity to meet with them. And uh, just really excited, and uh, especially excited uh, for today. I feel like the Lord gave me, it's kind of funny. Um, I feel like the Lord will have me put together a message, and then he'll give me a word for the church, and then it just kind of is this thing. And so that's what we're doing again today. Uh, just really excited uh, for this morning, and uh, excited to have my wife with me. So, yes, very good. That's wonderful. So, um, but the message I'm speaking today is, is called Recovering Hope. Recovering Hope. And the reason I wanted to do that, I feel like the Lord wants to bring a message uh, today about hope and the importance of hope, especially within the time we're in. Um, you know, I, I feel like we can all relate to the fact that when it came in 2020 and, and uh, COVID started and all of that, we had no idea uh, what we were getting into. I remember looking into some of those things and thinking, hey, this will just be a couple months and then, you know, everything back to normal and this will pass and then that turned into more and more. And, but I feel like um, one of the things the enemy has tried to do during this season is to steal hope. 
uh, is to take it away and, and to cause us to be worried and full of fear and, and all of those things. And those are all natural responses to a pandemic and, and the things that we're involved in. But I, I feel like as we're coming out of this, uh, the Lord wants us to focus more on coming out than how we came in. Is that okay? And I feel like he has a message to encourage us. And I love it that we have an example that we can look at in Scripture um, of somebody that went through almost, it's not a pandemic, but a very similar situation. And so we're going to be looking at the life of David and looking at a particular time in his life where he went through something very similar. And I feel like we're going to be able to pull information from that that can relate to us today in how we can um, as he did, he went and recovered something, but how we can also uh, recover hope in our own lives and continue forward in what he wants. So we're gonna, I'm gonna read this story, and this is starting at 1 Samuel 30, and uh, um, it's gonna be on the screen, but if you wanna turn your, your Bibles there, I'm gonna start in verse three, and we're just gonna walk through uh, this story that David goes through, and we're gonna stop along the way and just share a couple things and then I want to close today with a word that I felt like the Lord gave me for uh, Dothan Christian Fellowship, and very excited about that as well. So David has been out with his men. They've been um, fighting. They've been out for a little while, and I'm picking it up where they come back to Ziklag. And Ziklag is home. It's where his family is. It's where all the men and their families are, and uh, I can only imagine what they were looking forward to, but let's pick it up in verse 3. So when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Aninomam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. Powerful statement right here, but David found strength in the Lord. So imagine with me, they've been out fighting, they're coming home from this thing, and what's possibly on their minds? They get to rest, I get to see my family, you know, I can't wait to get some home-cooked food, you know, or whatever. But there's this sense of we're going to a place to rest. We're going to a place where we can relax. We've been at war, and now we're coming home to be with our families and relax. And I, I can, I'm a visual guy, and so I imagine they crested over the hill, and they looked down on Ziklag, and all they could see is smoke rising from a couple pieces of their facility and buildings and stuff and it's burned and as they look with shock they run down and there's nobody there the the wives are gone the children are gone everything's burned to the ground i mean that's not what they were expecting i mean they couldn't wait for kids to run and meet them on the way in they couldn't wait for the smell of home cooked they what they expected was was not even close to the reality that they walked into and in a way, I feel like we can relate with that with the pandemic. You know, I don't know if you guys had vacation plans or if you had ideas or you thought, hey, we're going to do this or this is a great time to launch this and, and do these things. But we crested over the hill and we looked down and there was just a stick burning and we went, what in the world is this? This is not what I expected 2020 was going to be like. And I think David's in that place. 
And, you know, I used to read this and I'd look at stuff like, and then the men wept until they had no strength left. I mean, how long do you have to weep to come to a place to where you're exhausted and no strength? But I think the expectation of what they were coming into and the reality of the situation that had come upon them, what do we do? We, there's nobody here. You can't ask anybody. How do we do this? So this sorrow moves into this place of anger. Even David is, becomes distressed because they're going, we should just kill David. You know, this is his fault. And then the powerful moment, it says, but David found strength in the Lord. See, the first point that I want to make is we have to make sure that we take a correct alignment. And what I mean by that is this. Where do you go when you need a correct alignment? Where do you go when what you expected to take place is not the reality that we're facing? It's not to go through 2020 and go, hey, no, there's no, there's no pandemic. There's, there's no this, there, and just deny everything that's taking place. I didn't lose my job. I, I didn't have this issue. But the reality of is this is what they're facing. But how do we get that alignment? Because some of those things, and I don't want to downplay COVID. We've, we've known people who've passed away from it. it didn't, wherever you're at, it, look, it was a pandemic. It affected us as a nation. And some of those things are hard. And you're facing that and you go, wow, and places are closing down and it, it's it's chaotic. This I know. No one really knew what to do or what to expect at the beginning. And that made it breed a sense of fear. Because people are going, where's the person to give the answers? And no one's giving answers. So for them, it goes to this place. Because David finds the only place that we can go to actually get aligned. That things we can see correctly. And he goes to the Lord. Because that's where our hope comes from, amen? That's where our strength comes from. That's where right perspective comes from. That's where direction comes from. That's where I set my course. It comes from that. Everything comes from the Lord. And if I try to put it in something else, it always ends up falling short. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I want to encourage you as we're coming out of this season, because I believe that we are, and as we're getting back to maybe things as normal, I think what the Lord is saying <clears throat> to all of us is, hey, let's, let's put me due north. It's his rightful place, Jesus, to be due north, and everything... <clears throat> Thank you. See what happens when you put milk in your coffee in the morning before you sleep. Thanks. They're little. <clears throat> there we go. Almost. All right. So Jesus deserves to be front and center. And we put, that's, that's our filter in which we look through. That's where we find our strength. That's, that's how we settle ourselves. That's how we realign, regardless of what's going on around us, realigning ourselves to realize that that has to be the place where our strength comes from. And so I wanna encourage us, as we come out of this, like I said at the beginning, better for us to focus how we're coming out than we went in. The past is the past and we can't change that, amen? We learn from it, but it's the past. So how do we move forward? 
a correct alignment with putting Jesus in front and letting him guide our way. Anything else will, will fall short. And that's what we see that David does. He aligns himself and he goes right to the Lord and he finds strength in the Lord. So I'm gonna pick up reading in verse seven. Then David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring, bring me the, off, the ephod. Abathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue his raid, this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. This is, this is one of those side things that happened. David strengthens himself in the Lord. He gains some clarity and then he says, bring me the, the ephod. Let's inquire of the Lord. If he hadn't strengthened himself in the Lord, what might his prayer have sound, sounded like? It's probably gonna be a little different, wasn't it? But he gets that alignment. He gets refocused. He, he lets go of the fact that the men are thinking about killing him and that they just came home and they're tired and exhausted from the trip that they were on and now there's devastation. Everyone's gone. They don't know what's going on and he goes to the place that he knows he needs to go to, which is the Lord. And then in that moment, he gains clarity and he says, hey, bring me the ephod. And then he asks and he inquires and the answer comes back, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them. One of the things, or the second thing we have to realize, not only do we need to be rightly aligned, but the second thing is we, re, we need to remove old clothes. And what I mean by that is this. <clears throat> you can't go into a new season wearing the same clothes from the past season. If I came and spoke to you guys in the summer and I had a ski jacket on and a scarf around my neck and a beanie, right, and I was wearing ski pants and boots and I was like, hey, it's so good to be with you guys. What would you be thinking? That guy's a loony. Why? Because I, I'm dressed inappropriately for the season we're in. If it was winter and we were up at a ski lodge, would it seem inappropriate? Of course not, because that's what you do when you're there. So it's the same. David goes into the situation, difficult, stressful. He adjusts himself with the Lord. And then he says, all right, let's inquire. And all of that stuff is left behind. There's, we weeped, it's time to not weep. We were distressed, it's not time to be distressed. We were angry, it's not time to be angry. We were putting blame, we're trying to find blame, this isn't the time to find blame. David finds strength, inquires, and they are able to move on. It's really important that when we move into a new season, just like we do summer, spring, winter, fall, that what we were wearing coming in to COVID or what we were wearing in COVID gets set aside and there's something new that we have to put on because those are inappropriate for the season that we're going into. Listen to 1 Samuel 30, starting in verse nine, we'll move on. David and the 600 men with him came to the Bizarre Ravine, or Valley. Stop for a minute. I'm like, last I heard, the men were thinking of stoning David. David inquires of the Lord. He, he asked the Lord, shall we pursue them? They pursue them. The next scripture says, David and his 600 men were on their way. I'm like, man, I would have loved to hear the speech that David gave. He took blue paint, put it on his, fa his face, said, men of Scotland, 
you know, and he rode his horse back and forth or whatever. What a great speech took place. We, didn't, we don't know what it was. But somehow his leadership was able to take his men, the 600 men, that also went into weeping and all of those things, and we should kill this guy. And just a few cha- verses later, they're following him into going and getting their wives and their kids. Even as a leader, and all of us lead something, you have to lead your people into that same path. Those guys weren't allowed, or it was inappropriate for them to take the same clothes into this battle as it was the past. We gotta shift, we gotta change, we gotta move on. So picking it up, verse 10, 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued their pursuit. I wanna stop here again. So David brings the 600 men, 200 of them were too exhausted. Why could they be exhausted? Because they just got back from war and they were fighting and they were hiking, you know, they didn't take Uber or anything. They had to walk everywhere they went. Then they come into an exhausting situation where they weren't expecting what they found and now they're going out again and there's 200 guys that go, I I just can't do this. I just can't do this. And David goes, no worries. You guys chill here. That's my version. Stay here. We're going to continue on. Because it's not only about getting the right adjustment and finding Jesus, and it's not only about removing your old clothes. The third thing you have to do is you, you have to put on who you are. It's not enough to take something on, off, but you have to put on who you are. And David puts on, he's king, he's a leader. He could have responded to his men a totally different way. He could have went out there and said, you guys are a bunch of sissies, stop your crying and let's go do this. I doubt that's what he said. He related to them, I'm sure. He told them what the Lord had spoken to him, and he let them know where his focus was, and then they wiped their tears, and they said, okay, let's go get them. Because the focus isn't about blame. It isn't about weeping. It's about there's some people missing and all of our stuff. And if the Lord told you we're gonna go get them, then let's go get them. So you gotta put it on. So for us, what do we put on? What are the things that are important for us to put on so like with David, we could go forward into the new season that we're about to take? And I just wanna give you a couple things. The first thing, you guys are mighty men and women of God. If you are in Christ, that's who you are. A mighty man or woman of God. And the only person that's gonna tell you different is the enemy. The only person that's gonna remove that label from you is the enemy. Because he wants everything, he wants to try to do everything he can to get you not to walk into your inheritance and what God's called you to. You're also empowered with the Holy Spirit. You're completely forgiven of all sin, so walk with your head up. You're not condemned. For those in Christ Jesus, we're not condemned anymore. Walk free of shame. You're actually righteous because Jesus made you righteous righteous through what he accomplished on the cross which means then your prayers are powerful and effective. Every single one of us, your prayers are powerful and effective. So in the circumstance you face, in the situations that rise against you, in the lies that may come, remember your prayers are powerful and effective. I don't have like a hotline phone that I get special. No, we, 
We pray the same way, we access the same way, and you have just as much as I do, and I have just as much as you do. That's the beauty of this. Your son and daughter, son or daughter, your co-heirs with Christ, you're free, you hear his voice. Put on these things. Put on who you are in Christ. Let's continue reading 1 Samuel, I'll pick it up in 13. This is where, actually I forgot one section. Um, so in verse 11, they found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They get, gave him water to drink, food to eat, a part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisin. He ate it and he was revived for he had not eaten any food or drank any water for three days and three nights. Now, let me just say one thing here and then we'll move on. How amazing is the kindness of the Lord? They came into a situation that they didn't expect, devastating. The Lord says, pursue them. You will take them over. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a bunch of footprints from the raiding party and all the people that were captured at a Ziklag so he could follow it. But how kind is the Lord to allow them to meet up with someone to encourage them just by saying, you're on the right path. You're going the right direction. That's the kindness of our God. In the midst of difficulty, you're hoping in something and you're looking down, you go, I think this is what the Lord wants. I hope this is, I'm believing in the Lord for this. And then he sends a sign just to remind us you're on the right track. And that's what I think this is. So David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My, my master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of all of these people, the territory, Judah, all that stuff, such and such. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answers, swear to me before God that you'll not kill me or hand me over to my master and I'll take you down to them. Verse 16, so he led David down, and there they were, scattered all over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. Verse 17, David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away, oh, except for 400 young men who rode off on camels. Four, if... How many people did they just defeat if 400 is looked like at some small amount? If I said, if you said, hey, did you go pick up all that money? I said, yeah, all of it, but $400. You'd be like, how much money was on the ground? So David goes out and he fights. He goes from dusk till evening. I gotta tell you something. It wasn't like David showed up and there's everyone and there's no fight to happen. He still had to fight. He still had to go down there and, and, and pursue them, and it says you will overtake them. He still had to take the steps that the Lord put before him. And the, they all go down there together, and they lay waste to them all except for 400. There must have been a lot of guys down there. But with the confidence of the Lord and knowing what he said, they go, this is our opportunity. So that's exactly what happens. And verse 18 says, David recovered everything that they had taken, including his two wives. Verse 20, he took all the flocks, the herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. Then David came to the 200 men 
who had been too exhausted to follow him, who they left behind at the Bezor Valley. They came out to meet David and the men with them. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. I mean, what amazing, these guys are exhausted. They look up, there comes their wife, their, their kids, and it, their goats or whatever, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, David's like, how you guys doing? You know, how you guys doing? Listen to this, verse 22, but all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, because they didn't go out with us, we're not gonna share with them the plunder we received. However, they can at least take their own wife and their children and go. Gee, thanks for being nice, right? They can take their own, you know, we'll let them, we're not that mean and evil, we'll let them take their wives and children, but nothing else. It's amazing to me. In the midst of God moving, in the midst of God helping them overcome, in the midst of him being their provider and taking care of them, there's men among the group that still have their old clothes on, still want to point blame. Hey, they don't get anything. They still, they didn't, they're in an inappropriate attire for what's taking place. And the people who stayed back are probably thinking, that's probably fair. I was too tired to go. I really didn't go out and fight. The fourth thing we need to consider is we need to watch out for hope thieves. Because sometimes they're still wearing the wrong clothes. They're still looking to put blame. They're still angry. And they're putting hope in the wrong things. But I love David's response to this. That to me, this is, I love David's response to this. David replies, no, my brothers, verse 23, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. I, I love that state. It's like David goes back to the adjustment piece and he goes, guys, this is not our stuff. It was our stuff. Then it got taken, and now it belongs to the Lord. This is what the Lord has given us. He's like, we, you gotta, we gotta readjust back to this. He goes so far as to say, who's gonna listen to what you say? The share of the men who stayed with the supplies is to be the same of that who went down to the battle. All will share alike. And if him just sharing that wasn't enough, David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day on. If he sends some people to stay here because they're too tired or watch stuff and others go on, they both reap the benefit of what the Lord has done. What an amazing testimony. And what an amazing way to, to make that adjustment. So then when David reached Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah who were his friends saying, here is a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemy. And David ended up sending gifts to a whole bunch of people around the area because he realized not all that stuff was just his. As they said, they had all the plunder from all the area. So he actually chooses to be generous and he sends gifts to all of the neighboring lands. Hey, here's some of your stuff back. The Lord gave us victory in this. Amazing story, and just like for us, guys, we, we've, we hit a spot that we didn't expect. And let's, let's get rid of anything old, the frustration and the blame and whose fault is this. It just, it's not worth it. Let it go. And then let's put on who we are, sons and daughters of Jesus, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to face all of the things that try to stand up in front of us. And we serve a God who is faithful. We serve a God with unfailing love. We serve a God who goes before us and makes a way. That's the God we serve. And as we come out of this season into the next, let's recapture hope. Let's fill our hearts with the, with the hope that he intended us to walk in. Because I've found that hope is contagious. Hope is contagious. If I carry hope for what's in front of me, not because I'm so smart, not because I know what to do, not because of any of those things, but because I follow a God who does. And he's the same God of, as Dave, for David as he is for me today. So the things that are in your path, the things that try to come against you, the difficulties that, that you're gonna face, it's the same God. And he's gonna give you victory, he's gonna help you through those, and he's gonna go before you and make a way. One of the things I love to do is to take a moment and I just glance back in my life and I start to think, like, where am I? I'm standing here. Who would have ever thought I'd be standing here in Dothan in 2021 preaching a message about hope? And then I start to think back. Who would have thought I would have moved to Atlanta, Georgia? Who would have thought I'd left California? Who, and you start just going back, but as I venture down the past, all I, what I see are mountains that have been laid waste and the trophies of the Lord all the way down the path about he, how he came through again and again and again and again. And you're sitting here today, and if you take a moment to look back, you're gonna see the same thing. You're here today because of the things that he took out in your past to help you get where you are today. None of us are here by mistake, right? None of us. Part of keeping that hope is always being reminded that what lit, what's behind you is a path that the Lord cut away through the mountains, knocked down the giants. I mean, sometimes I look back, I'm animated, I told you this. So I look back and I see big swords sticking in the ground from a giant here and a giant there. I see a mountain that's parted like this. I see one that's like a cave. You know, it's just the Lord, I'm here today because of him. I'm very clear of that. And you're here today because of him. And he's got stuff for us to still accomplish. And when we get up there, we're gonna look back and go, yep, looks the same. Trophies of this amazing God scattered all over the path of my life. And my response is, is to just give him praise. See, I honestly believe that what we're coming up on as a nation, in, on the East Coast, all of that, I think we're gonna see a revival like we've never seen. I think what God is preparing us for is putting him due north, and we're gonna start seeing lots of people come to know Jesus. We're gonna see people get healed, we're gonna see signs and wonders, we're gonna see amazing things that's gonna bring glory to his name. The stage is set. The stage is set. So for me, anytime I preach a message, I always preach it to myself as well, because I'm like, man, I, I, let's do this, Lord. Let's do this, off with what I shouldn't be wearing, I'm putting on what I need to be wearing for the season you're putting me into, and then I go, what do you wanna do? Where do we go? What do we grab hold to? What do we not touch? How do we move forward? And the crazy thing is he loves to lead us that way. And then you're gonna notice because of your hope and because of your passion to Jesus, other people are gonna go, man, why is that person always happy? They, they seem like they understand what's going on, and they find that it's because of 
who you're focusing on, which is Jesus. And they go, I want to go. Can I come with you? It's an amazing thing that sets before us. Amen? So I want to close today by sharing this word. <clears throat> How am I in time? I don't even know. Okay. Like good, I can take another hour? Okay. Just thought I'd ask. I'm no, just kidding. So when I was, I just, I always ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying? And uh, this is the word that I felt like the Lord gave me. Um, the first part, it was just a picture I saw. I, I saw a sunrise appearing in the distance. And I, I saw what was like, you know, the sun arising and it was a new day. And um, it, was, it was dark and then it came really bright. <clears throat> and I, there, was, there was a freshness on it. I felt like there was anticipation. There was excitement in what was happening. And as the sun rose, I saw a lot of people gathered to look at this. And there was, I saw it like just the amazing light of the sun, nothing in front of it to block it, no shadows or shades. But as it came up, I, I saw more and more people who were standing there. Some of the people were just smiling with their eyes closed like this as the sunlight beat upon their face, loving it. Uh, people were smiling. There was, people were amazed. Some eyes closed as the sun shined on them, like I said. And then out of the blue, everyone began to cheer. And it kind of startled me for a second. Uh, everyone began to cheer. And it startled me because I wasn't expecting that outburst because everything was so beautiful. And this is what I felt the Lord said. I, I believe that you're coming into a new and amazing season filled with brightness from the Lord, the warmth of his love, and praise that's gonna be on your lips. And I felt like he said, get ready for startling things. The Lord is, that he's gonna do, unexpected things that he's gonna do in your midst. And I also heard the Lord say, and I, it was almost like he was laughing when he said this, he said, everything's new. And I felt, one of the other things, I, I felt like he said, hey, short time to prepare, fix your eyes on him, and set your gaze on him and to what he has to say. I felt like he said, Dothan, Alabama is a birthing center for many things. And it's time to dream again. It's time to believe again. Dreams that have been covered in the past, it, they're, they're being brought up from the ground. And I saw a picture of ships that, that its name was ministry going in and out of the port of Alabama. I don't even know if there's a port. There is? Okay. So the port of Alabama. And I felt like he said, this is the time. This is the time. There's a sun rising out of the darkness. And I honestly believe that for Dothan Christian Fellowship, I believe for this area, it's a birthing center. You know, I've always been amazed at the things that I've heard that started here in Dothan. Just various things. So, oh yeah, it started at the headquarters in Dothan. Oh yeah, the first one was in Dothan. I'm like, are you serious? Because this is a birthing center. It's always been a birthing center. Is there a hospital birthing center kind of thing? Two of them. Guys, I feel like we're, we're on the threshold of stepping in to what the Lord had destined this time for, for this church, for this city. And man, I, I'm really excited. But, but let's align our hope with him, the one who gives hope. Let's toss off clothes that are inappropriate for the season. Let's put on who we are. Let's not listen, you know, to the, the, the hope 
thieves. It's like, is that the right word? And let's just grab on him and let's see what he can do. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for this new season that is before DCF in this area. And God, I just pray that you would do something amazing. Startle us, Lord. God, I pray with the things that you want to accomplish and the shifting that's taking place right now in Jesus' name for the healings that we're going to see, for things that happen out of the blue. We just say yes and amen in Jesus' name, and we ask that you would do it. Lord, I pray for this birthing center, a place that ministry goes out, a, pr- a place of a new ministries that haven't been spoken of or talked about. God, I pray that this would be a place where, where worship songs and new worship songs would go out. Lord, I birth many things here in this church and in this city that it would be an impact, not only in Alabama, but in the other states and in the world. Father, our eyes are on you because you, you are where our hope comes from. And so, Father, I just bless this place. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I wanna have one last prayer request. If, if you're here this morning and when I spoke about buried dreams or covered dreams, it's time to dream again. And there's something that the Lord has put in your heart and you resonated with that. I'd love to pray for you this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hand for a quick moment? Just put it up there. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for dreams and, and, and the rebirthing of these dreams in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every person that's lifted their hand to say that, I, that resonates. God, bring life back to that dream right now in Jesus' name. Lord, cause it to come forth and take it to fruition. God, thank you that you'll lead, you'll provide, you'll make a way because you always do. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much, Tom. What a great message. What timely words for all of us. Um, If you are in-house and you'd like to have prayer, We'd love to come and gather around you and pray for you. We will social distance. We will be mindful of that. If you're watching us online, you can contact us through dothancf.com, our website, and we would love to pray for you as well. If anything in this message has resonated with you, we would love to join and come around you and to believe with you for all that God has for us together in the next season. Um, So we just bless you guys. We hope you have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you in person very, very soon. God bless you guys.